Welcome back, everyone. I am Tiana Thomas. I am here for Rachel Weiss, and welcome back to the Neighborhood Podcast, sponsored by Neighborhood Innovations, a business committed to showcasing small businesses as a way of the future. And I would like to welcome our guest today, Dara. Please say hi. Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> so we're very, very excited to talk to you today. Dara is the owner of Boulevard Curated. So let's tell you a little bit about our guest today and his business. Boulevard Curated is an online vintage and thrift sales platform located here in Ottawa, Ontario. Primarily operating through Instagram, Boulevard sells stunning, high quality and often brand name clothes and accessories such as shoes, purses and occasionally even items for the home that you would never imagine with second hand and they generally cater to a female audience but they definitely have clothes for all people. So co-founded and operated by Dara Savari and Logan Porter, these gentlemen have truly captivated the Ottawa community, gaining over 1.7k followers since its creation in the last year. Boulevard has been encouraging people to rethink fashion and put a sustainable foot forward. So Dara, I'd like to hand you over the microphone here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business and just what your business means to you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a fourth-year U-Ottawa student, and I'm studying political science, and I really got into fashion probably when I was younger. I always found I loved clothes, I loved being around clothes, and as I got older, I kind of realized that most stores I was going into, I wasn't really finding clothes that fit my body the way I'd like, and I couldn't find products that were unique, everyone kind of looked the same, all the clothing looked the same, and a few of my friends introduced me to thrifting, and I feel like at the time, it was still very low-key, a lot of people looked at it as weird or, you know, not, not trendy, and uh, as I found, you know, getting better with thrifting, I was, you know, finding cool stuff, I was actually liking better clothes, and from there, I researched more and more about the sustainability aspect of, you know, buying fast fashion, because I was doing a lot of shopping from, like, Zara, uh, H&M, places in the malls, and kind of not realizing the impact it had, um, on our planet basically so boulevard kind of came about because a i love fashion and a lot of our you know brand revolves around aesthetics photography you know working with cool models so i wanted to combine that with a more sustainable you know eco-friendly approach to clothing yeah so who would you say is your target audience like male female so when I first started, I really wanted it to be male and female, but I've always found that I loved women's clothing almost more because I found it more inspiring. You could do a lot more with the clothes. So as our brand's grown, we've really found our target audience to be like, you know, younger girls within our age demographic. So, you know, probably 18 to about 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still sell men's stuff, but, you know, as of right now, I think our dominant, you know, target audience has been you know younger adult women okay so that's super cool but for someone that's never heard about your business how would you describe like how would you describe your business beyond just a thrift store like what makes it super unique and how does it work like you operate out of instagram but can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like on your end yeah for sure so i would describe it as for me it was a go-to spot where you can get trendy clothes where you can break down the stigma around thrifting and, you know, 
be on top of trends. Like, my whole thing was I didn't want our clothing to look excessively thrifted or overly vintage or outdated, out of style. I wanted it to be very current, very fresh. And um, I think what makes it a little different than a lot of other resellers that I've seen is that we put a lot of effort into the actual aesthetics of the page. So, you know, on a weekly basis, pre-COVID, I was doing a lot of photo shoots with, you know, various models. Our whole, our whole ground was to work with local models, talents, artists, and kind of create a platform not only for us to sell clothing, but also sell, you know, local Ottawa talents. Um, but, you know, with COVID, things are a little bit different. With lockdown restrictions, we can't really work with as many people as we'd like and operate the exact way that we like. So for me, on a weekly basis, it's a lot of, especially right now, being in a lockdown, it's a lot of posting stories, doing story sales, which is in my favorite. I love when I can shoot on a model and showcase the clothing. But um, from there, it's responding to a lot of DMs because usually our stuff sells up pretty quickly. Uh, so it's, you know, staying on top of a fast-paced environment. And then from there, we go to shipment. So I ship them out or we offer pickups. So a lot of people stop by at one of our three pickup locations throughout Ottawa. They book a time slot, they get their item, and, you know, they're on their way. So that's kind of a very stereotypical type of week, especially with lockdown. But before that, I was also doing a lot of thrifting on top of that. So I was going three to four times a week, all sorts of different thrift stores, close, really far. Uh, we would do a lot of um, estate sales, a lot of marketplaces. You know, even Facebook Marketplace was a huge one for us. Really just sourcing from, you know, every pre-loved outlet that we could really find and get our hands on. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys have such an aesthetically pleasing Instagram page. Like I Thank sent, you. I've sent it to Tiana multiple times, and even my friends. I'm like, they, you guys have <laughs> such a nice page. Thank you. Um, like, so you would mention that they're local models. Do you Instagram people that you want to feature on the page, or are they your friends? So my goal was to have a really diverse group of models. So I really wanted to have all types of, you know, local talents, artists, anyone you can think of that kind of creates art in one way or another, whether it's music or actual painting, uh, spokespeople, activists, be on our page. But with lockdown, it was really difficult to do it to the same extent that I wanted to. So a majority, if not all of the models, are either my best friends or really close friends, <laughs> which, you know, is nice uh, on one aspect because it's super easy and it's people that I love and people that I can work with on a more regular basis. But it also isn't fully the potential of where we want to be with uh, who we're shooting. Well, I definitely have to say that, like, from what I saw last year, there was different models, like, a little bit, like, more diverse pe models that I'm seeing now. But it's understandable. But the models yeah. I see now are absolutely they're so they're pretty, gorgeous right? like, thank you gorgeous yeah and yeah. like i think like the whole aesthetic of your page is super eye-catching but what truly stands out as unique about your page is undoubtedly the clothing and while i feel like all thrift stores and all small businesses are fantastic whenever i go into let's say like i don't know like a patch or let's say something like value village i see a lot of like harley davidson t-shirts and right. sports mm -hmm. t-shirts and jeans but we don't see that very much on your platform we see right. beautiful dresses like beautiful 70s styles dresses yeah. that i wish i could pull off we're seeing all types of like blouses, skirts, mm -hmm. and like just a very like unique variety that doesn't really stand out as 
like vintage like like i said when i introduced you you would never know that it was secondhand it looks new and so i guess i guess like this leads to a couple of questions that so i first want to circle back to something that you were saying when you were introducing how you kind of got involved with this is you said that you had a hard time finding clothes at places like h&m or zara like fast fashion stores that really interest you suited like the style that you were looking for and suited your body. And so Mm -hmm. what I find really curious about that is that you would think that because fast fashion um, is made to keep up with trends and is made in particular sizes, you would think that they would fit better than thrift clothes. But you said that you found thrift clothes actually worked a lot better for you. And... I just, I just want to know a little bit about your process. Like, you said you went to, like, all these different outlets to find these clothes. But, right. like, I, I don't know. Like, how do you choose what stands out? How do you determine that fashion? Right. Like, can you just speak to a little bit more about, like, or, like, just, I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I, I feel like, like, thrifting has always been so hard for me. I never know where to right. look or what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. But your page always gets it spot on every time like do you just have some magic right. hidden in there or what, what is your secret <laughs> well honestly for me it was not like well to start with the whole fat, fast fashion thing i really was i found myself addicted to spending money like that was my first and mm. foremost uh, thing is i love going into stores i love the thrill of spending my money and it was a bad don't we habit all? yeah so breaking that was the first thing because i you know and what, what i realized was that i was going into stores like zara and paying you know, 45 bucks for a white t-shirt, whereas I'm going into, you know, a thrift store and finding a more unique white t-shirt and paying a fraction of the price. So what made it easier for me to find things that I liked was that I was able to experiment more with the clothing I was buying because I wasn't paying the, you know, crazy prices that most fast fashion places are charging you for the simplest items. So that was the first thing. And then for me, I honestly don't think it's any form of magic. I honestly feel like so many people can find amazing things at thrift stores. But it, it's funny because I learned thrifting from two of my really good friends. And they're both actually have modeled. One, her name is Ava, and the other is Talia. And um, one thing is going with them, they had done it for way longer than I had. And at first, it was kind of what I talked about was like this kind of weird stigma around thrifting that it was like either dirty clothes or used clothes or that it wasn't, you know, it was all basically like, for lack of a better word, trash. And through them, I was like, wait, no, they're finding really cool stuff. Like, how do I find that? Because the first few times I went, I've had no luck. And two things I learned was immense amount of patience. And like, you really do go rack through rack because, you know, most thrift stores that you're going into, like Value Villages, aren't necessarily on top of a complete organization all the time, so things are placed in one area that you wouldn't expect. So it's all about the hunt. And more is the frequency. Like, the amount that I go thrifting pre-COVID was, you know, way more than, you know, an average person going just to go and, like, do it as a, you know, hangout kind of thing. (laughs) So I think the patience is the number one, and two is just how often you go. Because it's become so trendy, it is also hard to find all those crazy hidden pieces because so many people are now doing it and doing it often. Yeah. So how do you do thrifting during COVID? Like with everything shut down, are you just working from pieces that you've already had for a while? Yeah. Or? Well, so this is actually, it kind of circles back to the comment that I think one of you had made, which is a really good comment about diversity of my models. Because before, like you said, in the summer of last year, I would say COVID kind of had it 
downtime. And so I was able to reach out to a lot more diverse models and chew with them. But now it's like I have to kind of cater in two ways of being used to shooting on models. I have to find clothing that fits my models and vice versa, models that fit the clothes. And also, if I can, I just do it, you know, through story sales and stuff like that. So now, one of the reasons that there's a little bit less and you're seeing a more um, kind of like one type of body appearing more constantly on Boulevard, it is because I'm working with the limited stock I have left. So that's what's made it a little bit difficult. But what I've found is, you know, I've moved over from constantly relying on thrift stores, estate sales and stuff like that to online platforms. So there is a lot of ways that you can go about finding vintage items through, you know, eBay, Gigi, or whether it be Facebook Marketplace. Like, there is a lot of outlets that also require the same amount of diligence to being on there frequently. And um, I don't know, it's worked for us so far. It's obviously not as convenient because it is a, it's, a, it's much more of a process getting it. You know, you have to deal with another person. You have to go meet up with them, get it from them, or, like, deliberate somehow and get shipment and stuff so it's a longer process longer turnaround time but it is helped us you know continue going despite lockdown being very you know uh, serious right now Hmm. okay so that's really exciting i see that um like you guys have so correct me if i'm wrong like from what i understand your business emerged exactly a year ago in may of 2020 back when the pandemic started and it was really bad of the rise of the first wave And we've seen a lot of small businesses really struggle during the pandemic, but it seems like you have really been thriving. So I'd first like to congratulate you on that. Um, And thank you for all your patience. And I was going to ask you a little bit about how you made that happen, but it looks like you just answered my question. So instead of, I'd like to ask you something else. I'd like to ask you a little bit about, because we acknowledge that, you have a very wide range of different unique options that make your thrift store definitely stand out. And above all that, it's not, like I said, just like a Harley Davidson and sports brands. You even get some very like luxury brands in there. I've seen some like Dior, Chanel. Um, So can you talk a little bit about like what specific items or brands tend to be a really big hit when you post it? And Mm -hmm. like, when it comes to sales, like, it sounds like they go really fast. Like, what's the average time that an item usually stays available before it's sold? Yeah, so, well, I'll start with your first point. So the the luxury side of our brand was not on purpose. So we didn't kind of go into it being like, we're going to do vintage, thrift, and luxury. It was just kind of something that worked its way in as we were going to thrift stores and coming across these amazing vintage bags you know, we've been lucky enough to have some be, you know, authentic. Other ones, you know, we're unsure because they're really old and don't come with the proper documentation. But, you know, all things that we obviously let our customer know pre-buying because we always want them to know what they're getting. Um, But we realized as we were, you know, finding these luxury goods that they were a huge hit. I think that one of the fastest selling items that we have purses that tend to be either Louis Vuitton, Dior, we've had a couple of Prada items and they go by really fast because my whole logic was whether, you know, they're vintage, they're authentic, they're, you know, higher end dupes or whatever they may be, they're all pre-loved, they're all, you know, we always price very fairly in terms of the item as well as in most cases we try. Um, and my whole thing was that we are, you know, our demographic is young and not everyone can afford and go and spend 
you know, $2,000 for a brand new Louis Vuitton bag. And, you know, some other resellers that we've seen do price a lot higher for consigned goods, such as, you know, handbags that are authentic and stuff. But for us, it was a matter of being accessible to a majority of our, you know, demographic because we're not trying to make a quick buck and, like, rip people off for a lot of money. We're just trying to make sure that it's a boutique experience. They're getting really cool items, but still not having to pay those crazy fast fashion prices. Um, so that's that. And then I think in terms of the hit items, like I said, luxury is a huge one. And honestly, summertime dresses fly by so fast. <laughs> I think that it's, I mean, every time it shocks me. And our turnaround time, honestly, is anywhere from, not even exaggerating, like 25 seconds to maybe mm-hmm. five minutes. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Our story sales, we found that A, either go really quickly or we have some items that last a couple hours, which is really nice. But overall, it's usually within under four or five hours that everything within a drop is sold. Yeah. And like, I, I yeah. Know, because, and I saw that happening when I first started following <laughs> you. And so, okay. Yeah. So I, I have a shirt and I have a dress and I have like a vintage beautiful like gold mirror that I got from Boulevard. And so what I had to do is because all of your items were going so fast and they were so gorgeous is I had to turn on post notifications. (laughs) So so every time Boulevard posts a story or posts something to their feed, I get a little (laughs) alert on my phone. I'll be like in the middle of work and it'll be like Boulevard posted and I'm like, wow, I'm going to go check their story in case it's really cute. Because I yeah. need to, you need to be the first one to get your hands on it. Um, right. And there's even been a couple of times when I might be like, I want it, even if I'm like not entirely sure, just in case someone gets to it yeah, first yeah, exactly. and then I'll let it go. Um, yeah. Which is like, yeah, like it's it's so hard, but it's because your items are so unique and like you said, so gorgeous. And a very Thank big you. part of what makes the sales so popular isn't just the item itself; it's how you market it. Um, like your photos are very high quality. Um, the models always look fantastic in what they are wearing. And you put a lot of work into maintaining, like you said, a very big aesthetic between both right. color and style. So mm-hmm. I guess uh, I want to know a little bit about, like, did you have prior knowledge in photography and marketing? Or is that something that you right. taught yourself over time? Um, so I- in terms of prior knowledge, like they're both things that I taught myself at a younger age. So photography, I started when I was uh, in high school, so around 10th grade. Um, I was just shooting my friends. I even had a separate Instagram page just for my photography, and it wasn't you know, means fantastic, but it was a way for me to just experiment with candids and photos and stuff like that. And like, I've been lucky to have a lot of you know, beautiful people around me all the time in terms of my best friends and like shooting them was extremely easy because you basically have these model-esque people around you all the time. So it helped me, you know, realize that people have their angles, they have their, you know, you know, outfits they feel comfortable in, confidence, like things that make them feel good, which then in return inspires me to be like, okay, like this is, this is going to be a great shoot, it's going to be a great photo. So I built that up throughout time. So photography, the photography aspect was almost the easiest and most enjoyable part for me. And then in terms of marketing, I didn't have any prior, like, school knowledge. Like, I studied political science. I had no uh, background in business, really. I mean, when I was in high school, I had a few extracurricular activities that revolved around business, but it was nothing to set me up to, like, make a business. So it was nice bringing Logan in with me because he 
does have a background in business, he did have a you know a better understanding at making things work as a business, and so that's where we both really meshed well. Was that I almost had this more photography artistic vision, the buying, and he was really good at the business you know analytic part of the whole equation. So is Logan the one who does like the posting on Instagram, and you do the thrifting, or how do you guys like divvy up who does what? It's usually. The creative aesthetic parts of the posting are down to me most of the time, but it's everything that we run through together. So whenever we can, you know, the shoots are done with him there, you know, and with me there and stuff like that. And we've been lucky considering, you know, one of our go-to models, which has been the reason we've been able to shoot throughout lockdown is because his girlfriend, Veronica, lives with him. So he's been able to shoot her and it's it's been super nice to see him also, you know, develop those photography skills because for the majority of it, I was the only one taking the photos. But now I think it's a very even, you know, he takes photos, I take photos. And with posting, it's majority me, but just because I do put a lot of, you know, OCD obsessive, like, (laughs) you know, behind making the aesthetic perfect. When you take those photos, you probably have a specific image or like, sorry, like a vision in mind that you're able to pursue when you post. So I understand that. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, sometimes some of my best shoots, I will say, were so impromptu. Like, the I think the model that I work with the most is, her name is Megan, and she, her and I have been best friends for, you know, upwards of 15 years. And so it's almost like we're just hanging out or we're just, you know, bumming around the house or something. And it's like there's this moment of, like, you know what, we're bored. We have time. Let's just put on an outfit. Let's shoot right here, right now. Like, no prior preparation. And some of those have been some of my favorite photos. But a lot of the other times I do have that vision or that, that idea in mind that I want to work around. And I think Instagram's a huge help with that, and so is Pinterest and other platforms like that that can give me the inspo. I love that. And I do want to, I want to kind of circle back a little bit to, like you were talking about um, the way you and Logan divide and conquer your business. And yeah. you were talking about how important it is that you fairly price these items. But right. overall, what I'm taking away from this is that you both put a lot of time and energy into this business. And so I guess right. what I'm curious about, and you don't have to go into too much detail here, like whatever you're comfortable with, is are you getting to a point in your business where this can sustain you? Or like, is this business a full-time gig that supports you financially? Right. or? Or like, or, so, or part time? Are you still dependent on right. something else? Like, is this more of a hobby, or is this more of a full time job for you too? Right. I think with my thing was when I started this, I want to have the idea because at the time, I, I, my partner was on Logan when the business started. Um, it was for me that we start this off understanding that it is a business because I knew that if we set it up to be a hobby, it would become you know a, an afterthought, a second you know a second best to other things we were doing. I really wanted to make it something more than just a pastime, but it coincidentally happens that the things that I do are the things that I'm very passionate about that make it feel like a hobby. Um, in terms of it being completely sustainable, I think right now we're at a place that if we were to rely just on all of our sole income, it would be okay, but Logan has his full-time job that he does on the side, and Boulevard is you know, a second part to that. But for me throughout COVID, like Boulevard has been my number one form of income and been my focus, which is one of the other reasons we've really continued operating throughout COVID very steadily is because, you know, it is a source of income. Um, But I think we're actually just been having more meetings and talking about implementing even more 
you know, consistent drops. Because right now, how we do drops is very much based on the the items we have, the feel of the day. Like, do we feel like today's a good day to drop? But if we have a set schedule of like, you know, we're dropping three to four times a week, or you know, two to three times a week, then then that's where I think it would become one of those things where we would be both comfortable having it just be a full time job. So, so for having said that, like, it sounds like, well, first of all, from all the followers I've seen you gain over the last year and all the time and effort you put in and how popular you are, it sounds like you are soaring just fine, but still having said that and knowing that every time someone purchases, like just a dress for themselves that they're actually helping sustain a fellow student, how can people best support your business, especially during this time, during this really difficult time with COVID? I think, you know, it's been so nice to be able to build almost like a little community because there's people like yourself who've bought a few things from us and we've had so many reoccurring customers who are looking forward to our drops or even we've had people reach out and be like, hey, I'm looking for this type of item. Like, if you ever come across it, like, let me know. So it's been nice to build that community. And I think that, by continuously spreading, you know, our business, you know, on stories, on social media and stuff like that, and us being able to continuously attract new people, we can A, open doors for them to, like you said, support a small business that a student run and also be a more eco-friendly type of business and, you know, by part also help our business to grow. And one of the other things that's been so great is that since, like, Logan is currently... Um, on the other coast, he's living in Vancouver for a few months, is that we are trying to branch out just beyond Ottawa and kind of grow to other cities. So Vancouver being the next one and, you know, continue that, you know, word of mouth that's spread on social media and kind of open up this door of shopping for potential new customers and a potential new community. So now does your business run solely out of Instagram? Like, do you have a website or a Facebook page? Like how can people reach you besides Instagram or if there is another way? Right now it's been as crazy as it is to even us fully Instagram. Um, But actually we are just working on our website. So it's almost done. I think we have a couple more tweaks to do to it and we're hoping to launch it by the end of May. So once that is done, I think that a couple of things will happen is that we will use the Instagram as a way to promote. Mm-hmm. And that way it gives more of an equal playing field for everyone to get first dibs on an item uh, in real time when it's launched on a website. Because, you know, we'll give warnings a few days ahead, like Thursday, you know, 10 a.m., new drop. So people kind of prepare and they're on it and ready so that it's, it's very equal mm-hmm. to how people can get access to the items. Um, and then beyond that, that, that those would be our two main sources as of right now. I think um, the the website will also provide you a lot of opportunity for, because right now I'm assuming you DM people, you ask for their address, you usually yes, send exactly. them an email and say, hey, can you please e-transfer from, from money? Yeah. But with a website, you don't need to ask them to do that. They could just do it all themselves and you could just slap Absolutely. on a label. It'll be good to go. So having a website is going to make you a lot more efficient, which exactly. is really, really exciting. Um. Overall, though, like I, it just it seems like you've grown so so much in the last year. So I'm gonna start by asking you one question, and I'm gonna follow up by another. Um, you sure. said that you were planning to move into, like, potentially expanding into other cities such as Vancouver. Um, yeah. Can you just expand a little bit more on your vision for the future of your business? 
Absolutely. I think for us, one of the things that I haven't been able to do, again, because of COVID, has been to fully make it a platform, not just for us to sell clothes. But on the website, one of the features we're going to have is a profile section for all of our models, their stories, and then we're going to have another section for local creators, so artists, um, we even do right now monthly playlists which feature local Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto artists. You know, the website will be another platform for them to get interviewed, to talk about their work so that they're also getting some form of exposure through our brand for their work and their creativity and their art. And so my vision by expanding to these cities is to continue a growing as a fashion business, but also keep growing by building this big community of not just fashion lovers, but creators, artists. Um, and local businesses. I, I, I know you definitely can't see our face right now and none of our audience is able to, but Rachel and I are behind the scenes low-key freaking out a little bit because that's that's so yeah, cool. It's so nice that Thank you guys you. are you're working to like shed light on multiple groups of people. It's yeah, not it's not absolutely. just a thrifting business. It's so much more than that. And it's so nice to have you here today to talk about it because Thank you. We would have never known that just from your Instagram. So it's awesome to Absolutely, hear. Yeah. It's awesome to hear your plans moving forward. And of course, Thank like you. I love that you are taking time to spotlight other members of your community, and we here mm-hmm. at like at neighborhood. That's our our whole goal. So we hope that we could do the same right. thing for you, of course. And that kind of leads me into my second question. It seems like you all started this business with nothing more for then like a love of thrifting and a good idea but you've grown right. so much like you said this is now not just a good idea it is a business and right. so for other youth such as yourself that you believe is going to be starting their own small business what mm-hmm. advice do you have for them like what do you think has worked really well what did you have difficulty right. with and what advice would you give to other small business owners that want to pursue a business a lot like you did yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I this is not you know the first business I've tried. I've attempted to do other small businesses, and they didn't really take off. And I think the number one advice I would give myself and to new newcomers into you know the business world is to be consistent and to treat it like a business from the get go. My issue was I didn't take myself seriously, and so it's hard to expect other people to take your business seriously when you don't have that confidence in yourself. So it's a matter of you know accepting that you know what. I am a business owner, this is a business, and it's going to be a business. And so by kind of manifesting that, you're creating this like open environment to grow. Um, and I think another thing that I've learned is that it's all trial and error and that you don't actually need a certificate from a university, a college, a high school, you know what I mean, to be able to do this. Like I've been lucky enough to get you know education, but none of it has been in relation to business. But I found myself you know, with trial and error learning the backbones of business and being able to almost, you know, now turn to someone and be like, hey, you can do this to improve this or you shouldn't do that because it might not benefit you in this way. And it's all trial and error. And um, it's just having patience too. You know, nothing grows overnight. And, you know, we certainly didn't. I think we got a lot of traction going at the start, but it wasn't until, you know, mid, I'd say October where we did a pop-up that that kind of growth really came about. Um, so it's just consistency and taking yourself seriously, building that confidence and just going through the trials and errors until you find what works for you. Yeah, I think your comment on, on growth takes time and the patience thing, it, it stands true for everyone, really. Because I think I right. mean, even no matter what job you're in, it takes time to 
create that foundation. So it's awesome to hear that you guys have not only succeeded, but you have great plans moving forward. Like that was thank straight you. up inspirational. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't thank know. You, thank you. And it, it's so nice for us just to reflect on a member of our community and say like, look how right. possible that 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 was mm -hmm. and yeah. so we like like i'm sure you get this all the time but let us just say that like as a member of your circle that we are so so proud of you and everything that you oh, have thank built you so much. and so thank you. um i feel like uh like there's just a few other elements that we would love to touch upon here to highlight about your business and one of those things that yeah. we haven't talked too much about today mm -hmm. is the sustainability or eco-friendly component of your business. So right. undoubtedly, I feel like this kind of relates back to that idea that we've probably spoken about in the past. Uh, it's like, don't buy eco-friendly products. Use old but good ones first. And that's why like thrift yeah. shopping is one of the most fundamental eco-friendly things that you can do. Um, right. Yeah, so do you want to speak a little bit more to... Um, like what sustainability means to you and your business and yeah. how your business helps advocate to that. Right. Well, it's, it's like I said at the beginning, right? It's just that you go into these fast fashion stores without realizing necessarily fast fashion. Like I believe one of the articles I was just reading about Zara specifically was that their turnover time is something ridiculous, like almost less than a week where you have the latest trend on the shelves. And so you have to kind of sit back and realize the item that I'm paying, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks for, is it of quality? Not really, because it's being made in under six, you know, seven days. The idea came about in a couple of days. Like, it's just so, for lack of a better word, fast, that it's like your money isn't necessarily going to, A, support, you know, the planet, but also support your wallet. So my, my what I've learned through Boulevard is that you can find those amazing, trendy items without having to go to a fast fashion store and spend your money there. And by doing so, you're, you know, saving the planet in, you know, the smallest way possible. And also by finding, I think for me, one thing that I always say is the uniqueness of finding thrifted items is way better than, you know, buying something from a fast fashion store that, you know, 40 other people have. Because everything that we sell, we might have similar items, similar styles, but everything is unique. It's kind of one-off or, you know, we don't have multiples of it. And so it makes it feel more special when it's in your closet because you know that, A, you bought from a small business, you're supporting the planet, and also it's unique in one way or another. Yeah, and, like, I, I just, I've always truly loved that about your business. And Right, thank you. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I just can't really get over how cool all this opportunity <laughs> is. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah, nice it's definitely to... Cool. It's really nice to see how far you guys have come, and, and I'm sure you're going to go really far, too. I mean, I see so many thrifting businesses flourishing right now, so especially during yes, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also, I'm sure once the stay-at-home order ends, if it ever does, um, you guys right. will, yeah, you guys will um, go, you know, 10 times where you are from now, so. Right, uh, we're hoping. Yeah. I mean, we're really waiting for all of this to be over so that we can kind of get back on our regular buying or regular posting, modeling, and even do more pop-ups in the future. And then one idea I did just kind of have that just kind of popped into my head that I'm curious about yeah. is, of course, like, you typically go to different outlets to buy, like, vintage or thrifted items, and then you sell them. Have you ever considered mm -hmm. 
like possibly on your website having an option where people could submit clothes that they have in their own closet that you could resell on their behalf like almost like like clothes like the patch or even like value village you don't um you don't like you usually donate it you don't usually sell it but have you ever considered like buying clothes from your from your community from your audience and then reselling it on their behalf we so yes yes and no so the the thing that we've we definitely love the idea of consignment. And um, one of the things that we do now with some of our luxury bags, especially authentic ones, is they are consigned to us. So someone we're selling on someone's behalf, obviously, you know, we get a little bit um, for our work and they get the rest for kind of, you know, selling it. But what makes it a little bit difficult with clothing for us right now is, A, COVID, right? So we're trying to keep it as contactless as possible and have little interaction with clothes that aren't, you know, from our stock that we kind of, have our own process with to make sure that it's like safe. Um, but I think post COVID, it's one of those things that we're definitely going to consider because we've had many people reach out to us with their clothes, but it also makes it a little bit hard because we are so, you know, we love to please everyone and we never want to feel like we're letting someone down because we don't take their items, you know? So it's a matter of kind of building up to that as well. It's just understanding that, you know, we're, we can say no and like, hopefully people will understand because we do want to keep a very consistent, you know, type of trendy clothing, cool looking clothing going. Um, but it is definitely something that we are, you know, in the talks of and considering because it is an absolutely fantastic idea because other places, there's stores that even do it like Plato's closet and it's great because you, you can just take your old stuff. You're not really just throwing it away. You're getting a little bit of money out of it. And so it would be something we would love to do hopefully in the near future. Okay. And I feel like, like, again, like the website will give you a lot of opportunity to do that. It is a really, really great resource. And uh, yeah, exactly. of, of course, we'll do anything that we can to help to continue to support you to grow your business. But thank you. Yeah, of course, I, you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, we just want to say, like, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And you've been such a great guest. You've been super well-spoken, very friendly, which is obviously a positive when you're on a podcast. Um, thank you. Yeah, but thank you so, so much. Um, well, I well, think I think guys. that's our way of telling you that, like, we've exhausted all of our questions, but we have not exhausted <laughs> our passion for your business. It has only grown. So for any of our listeners that have not heard of Boulevard Curated, you could go to Instagram, go to at Boulevard Curated, that's Boulevard spelled B l v d curated and there's a dot between is, is there, there a, a dot, dot? <laughs> there is there's boulevard dot i mean we couldn't unfortunately boulevard curated was apparently taken so we have a dot but i think if you search it it'll come up just boulevard for, curated. you will find it they are located in ottawa and just for anyone that's curious how far could you potentially ship is it can you ship anywhere just depending on pricing we, yeah, so we've shipped anywhere. So we've done most places around Canada, I would say now. We've shipped to Europe a couple times, the States, like New York, LA, a few times. Wow. Anywhere really you can think of, we ship to. It's just, you know, based on weight and cost. And if the, comfort, the customer is comfortable with that, then we are willing to ship anywhere. Yeah, international shipping gets expensive, but honestly, the option is either like you could buy cheap made clothes online for very expensive with low shipping or get a high quality item that's low in cost for high shipping and it will be absolutely worth it. So I hope everyone in our audience takes the time to go check them out. Turn on your post notifications for the love of God if you want (laughs) to get first pick at all of the clothes. 
But beyond that, like Rachel, do you have anything else to add? Just super excited for your website. Um, I will be looking out for that for sure. Do you have a drop date? Well, we had one. We were going to do it in February, but as I said, the OCD of the aesthetics really took over. So it's <laughs> been a couple months in the making, but I have I've told Logan he has full range to yell at me if it is not released by the end of May. So end of May, beginning of June latest. Time is ticking, so. It's okay. Yes, well, exactly. It's coming up. It, it is coming up, and we are all very, very excited because this year has undoubtedly brought you a lot of success, and we are only looking forward to see what else becomes of your business. Thank you so, so much. No, thank you. Thank you guys for having me as well. Hopefully, you know, it's great to see your podcast growing too, and being able to hear other local creators' stories as well is amazing. Thank you. Well, we're all very excited, but we would like to say formally thank you so much, Dara, for joining us, and thank you so much for featuring your business, Boulevard Curated. And I believe that is all we have for our audience today. So with with that being said, um, my name's Tiana Thomas. And I'm Rachel Weiss. And have a very great day, everybody.